Welcome to the Interviews Podcast. Welcome to episode five of the Interviews podcast. Uh, I am part of your co-hosting duo, Alessandro Rafa, here with Johnny Paterno um, to cover the post-match for Spezia Inter, which finished 2-1 in favor of Spezia at the Stadio Alberto Pico. Um, Goals for Maldini in the 55th minute. Uh, tied up by Lukaku in the 83rd uh, and eventually won by a penalty from Unzola in the 87th minute. Um, we're going to do our best to not <clears throat> go completely off the rails here. Um, this match gave us a lot to discuss. Um, a lot to discuss. Uh, before we go ahead and dive in, I think just to set the stage a little bit for what we saw today. Um, I just want to read off some statistics here uh, from the game. The expected goal, the difference was Spezia had one. Uh, Inter's expected goal was 3.81. All right. Total shots, four for Spezia to 28 from Inter. Three big chances, two big chances missed. 13 corners from Inter, one from Spezia. In every sense of uh, the word, I guess, um, Inter dominated this game. And we are headed back, or I guess we're not headed back, you know, for a couple days maybe, but headed to Portugal for the second leg of the round of 16 Champions League tie, having picked up zero points today. Um, our eighth loss in the league. That was, you know, for me, the most frustrating game of the season that I've watched. Um, there, like, like I said at the top of the episode, there's a lot to get into. So we'll go over, you know, thoughts on the lineup. We'll go over first half performance, second half performance, and, and really where we go from here. And understandably, um, there's going to be some frustration so like I said, we're, we're going to do our best to keep this, uh, keep this on track, but um, I've got I've to kick it over to the CEO of Inter Twitter. Johnny, um, how, are you, uh, how are you feeling right now? Yeah, I'm definitely frustrated. You know, like you said, I don't want to like go off the rails here. I don't want to start venting and, and you know, um, I know even when we won, it sounded like we were negative, and I don't want to bring that same energy. So, yeah, I mean, let's. it is what it is at this point. We kind of know what to expect with away matches and how this team seems to underperform when it's needed. And then we also you know, know how it seems when we have a manager who just doesn't have a backbone um, or you know, is, is, is afraid to, to grab the game by its neck. And I'm not going to blame this solely on him. Obviously, like you read the stats off, what the XG was. So clearly our finishing is not clinical and not there when it's needed. Um, but some of the decisions were a little disappointing as well for me. So, But we, we can dive into that. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I agree with you um, in the sense that I, this is not entirely on Inzaghi, but I, I am going to you know, have a declaration to make. It's probably not going to be very, very surprising, but we'll get into it later on. So why don't we just kick it off with um, uh, going into the game. The lineup that was chosen, Onana sits. Uh, Captain Handanovic is back. Um, in our defense, we have from right to left Ambrosio, Acerbi, Bastoni. Um, in our midfield, their midfield three, Brozovic uh, in front of the defense. Um, Mikitarian and Barella is Metzala on your wings. Gosens gets his third consecutive start. Darmian takes Dumfries place on the right wing. And up top, we see Lula back in action. I said it um, in uh, the interspace prior to the game. I didn't have a ton of um, criticism for the lineup, to be totally frank with you. For me, the only piece that I really did not understand, and I don't understand why we have to do this, is the rotation with the keepers. I really, I'm struggling to understand what is the reason, like is it simply appeasing Andanovic or... I, I we've seen the the goalkeeper rotation thing tried out at big clubs before and it, it, it's it doesn't work. Um, I don't I really really don't understand it and you know this is not the same Handanovic as a couple years ago. He is a liability. You know you don't feel good with him back there. You want to say you know for from a captain's perspective. Um, He's not that vocal, so it's, I don't understand that. The rest of it is for me was fine. D'Ambrosio Darmian on the right, like I, I mentioned uh, uh, you know, during the last game, that that was something that I, I'm interested in seeing at this point with Dumfries' form, like, fine. Um, if Skriniar is not going to be available, fine. Let's see what that looks like. And to be frank, it looked... It, that was not our problem in the game, it was not D'Ambrosio Darmian. So I have no, no qualms there. You want to give Hakan a rest or a little bit of a breather prior to Porto, you know, I'm not going to complain, and I did want to see Lukaku Latar start. So from that perspective, my one issue was with Andanovic. What did you think of the lineup that Inzaghi chose to go with today? Yeah, my only problem from the start was Andanovic. Um, <clears throat> do I love D'Ambrosio playing? No, not really. But you know what? I understand it. I wasn't too upset with it, but it, it is what it is, you know, I mean, with Skriniar hurt and them trying to ease him back into things, whatever that may be, you know, that's, it's understandable. The only thing that I was worried about was the lack of pace on the back with D'Ambrosio and Acerbi in the middle. Um, you kind of saw that early on in the game that they were just not able to move and, and that there was opportunities for players to get in behind them, which was a little concerning. And then, you know, I kind of wrote down for myself, like you start your two slowest defenders along with the slowest goalkeeper, that's is that going to be a recipe for disaster? Uh, fortunately, I mean, I guess it didn't really burn us per se, except for the first goal, really, um, where you could see Achebe kind of misplays it, and then it's easy for, for them to kind of continue pushing the ball. But, you know, looking at the lineup, um, you know, I, I didn't mind the midfield Mkhitaryan actually played better than I thought. I kind of was a little annoyed that he was playing um, because we've seen how he's been inconsistent recently. But you know what? He he did kind of play better in that first half. 
Um, Brozovic, you know, you kind of want him to get his sea legs under him as well, and I think it was good to preserve maybe Hakan for the Porto game. Um, but, yeah, other than that, I mean, like you said, I, I wanted Lukaku and Lautaro to start together up front, and, and I kind of felt good at that um, in the beginning, at least. Yeah, and the game wasn't lost um, based off of the starting lineup that was put onto the field because let's go ahead and, and get into what we saw um, from the match today. We started um, better than we usually, but than we typically have in away games against the smaller teams. Um, you know, it, it was the game was being played a little bit at a faster pace. Almost felt like we were rushing a little bit, but at least it at least there was. Um, some intent in their play, which we hadn't seen, you know, it was typically tip, uh, tepid and timid um, from us in the beginning. So I- I'm happy with how we started off the game. Couple early notes within 10 minutes, um, we earn a penalty, which, you know, I saw you had had gone after it with a couple people on Twitter. That's a penalty every day of the week. Whether he touched the ball, whether whatever it is, if you're going into a challenge with your studs up, it connect. He clattered right through D'Ambrosio. It's a penalty. There's no debate about that. It's not something that you know we need to get into. That was a penalty. What happens next is a topic for discussion. In his interview after the game, Inzaghi is asked about the penalty situation, and he says it's it's between the two of them that they have to figure it out. Lukaku and Lautaro. I have problems with this for a number of reasons. It shouldn't be the players on the field. Everyone on the field wants to take that penalty. Or at least you hope so. Lautaro and Lukaku, you would expect both of them to... They're, they're strikers. They want to score goals. Lautaro has been in great form, right? Lukaku needs to be putting the ball in the back of the net for his confidence, right? You know, you, you can make an argument for whoever you want to take the penalty. But... The decision needs to come from you. You can't let that happen on the field. It, it, it'll affect, you know, relationships. It affects everything. Like, take it. It should not be in their hands. You are the manager. Who do you think Conte let decide penalty kicks? It was him. When Sebastiano Esposito scored a penalty kick, his first goal in Serie A, Lukaku gave him the ball. He gave him the ball because he was the designated penalty kick taker. That is not decided in the moment. It affects the players. And you said, I believe you said, as soon as you saw Lautaro running up to the ball, you knew. You knew it wasn't going in. It was a poor penalty, right down the middle. Don't tell me, you know, Drangoski is this amazing keeper, because a lot of keepers saved that penalty. Yeah, I mean, well, you know, I tweeted immediately after it that Lautaro has a tendency to telegraph his kicks. Um, as a keeper, it makes it very easy to know. You could tell with his body language where he wants to place the ball, where he's going with it. The way he opened up, I knew immediately he was going to his right and Dragowski's left. And clearly Dragowski read it too. I mean, and the thing that frustrates me is we make these keepers – I mean, I, I said it too, like, he, you know, the guy bends over for Napoli, but then when he plays against us, Tragowski, he, you know, he looks like prime y- uh, Yashin. So it's frustrating. I, uh, you know, 
I know I know this is going to be unpopular opinion, and, and there's going to be interisti who who don't like what I'm about to say, but Inzaghi doesn't have a backbone. He's too much of a nice guy. He's too much of a player's coach. Um, you know, it, it, some people think that he should stay. That you know, the, the management's fault, and yes, to an extent, it is. But these are also players that you know that he has requested that have come in, and and that. At the end of the day, you need to be the one making decisions. You you shouldn't leave it up to players to make a decision on who's taking the penalty. You have a player in Lukaku who is struggling for confidence, who has a hundred percent, you know, rate in taking penalties. Uh, and even though he may have missed the last one, he was he, he retook it because of the encroachment. So does it really count? No. So he has a hundred percent success rate with it, with penalties for Inter. Why on earth, when you look at Lautaro's record in taking penalties where he before that one had missed four of seven would you ever allow him to have the decision on the pitch to take that shot it should be I've been saying it if they're on the field it goes Lukaku then Hakan then you can give it to Lautaro if there's nobody else on the pitch and even then what I can I, I would even you know what, to be honest, I would even be open to considering other options if you wanted to go that route. In a yeah, game, I'm right there with you. Sorry, yeah, go ahead. No, I'm, yeah, I'm, no. I'm right there with you. Um, I, I, you know, uh, you mentioned La, uh, Lautaro's record on PKs um, recently. You also have to look at it from the, the perspective of, you know, you brought it up, like Lukaku's mentality. We've been talking about it a lot on the pod. We're desperate for the guy to be putting the ball in the back of the net for his... Lautaro, you've been scoring. <laughs> you've been scoring. Like, you should... You were the captain of Inter. You know, you had Denzel's back last week. You should be giving that to him. You should recognize that it's... It, it, Lukaku needs this more than you do. Um, and I thought it was a strange decision, but, you know, continue. Yeah. Um, you know, the rest of that first half, after that, you know, it just felt like you could kind of, the wind was just taken out of the sails of the team. While there was moments of, I mean, we continued to attack. I believe we finished the f- first half with like 15 shot attempts, maybe five on goal. You know, there was... A good strike from Mkhitaryan that, you know what, honestly, if that had gone in, I would have probably lost it too, and I would have felt better about the miss going into the half with a 1-0 lead, but it is what it is. You know, nobody is going to be putting in wonder goals, and, you know, Lautaro had a few other shots on goal that were easy saves for Dragoski, and, you know, for a guy who had, in Dragoski, who had been, you know, making mistakes, and he gifts some goals away, he's poor with his rebound control, um, to be peppering shots right at him, you know. I mean, the penalty was lucky guess. Really, I don't, I don't, I don't want, I don't want to say it was. That's really what it comes down to, you know. With the penalty, I think the xG for a typical penalty is like around point eight one or something like that. So, again, lucky guess. Um, it's just, it's just frustrating to see that we do not have pure finishers and that's something I want to get into later on but yeah yeah Yeah. so you know as far as the rest of the first half um Gosens had a ton of space down that left hand flank um 
fairly obvious that his crossing is is maybe the weakest part of his game. He he is more of a driven cross kind of player. There's no lofting or touch or on the ground or anything. Like he just sort of shoots it into the middle of the box, right? Which is, you know, that's fine. Um, but for us with Lukaku and Lautaro, it felt like things weren't going their way. So they kind of needed someone who can put it on a platter for them. And Gosens was not that player. D'Ambrosio actually played well um, <clears throat> in that first half. Um, the strategy seemed to be a lot of long ball over the top. Um, but overall, you know, like played well enough to be scoring those goals. Just another case of Batza Inter where, you know, you just can't get the ball in the net. Then we move on into the second half. Um, also, the other thing I wanted to mention was that Lula is no longer Lula. The The players have not spent enough time on the field to continue to be Lula. I know that, you know, we want to think that there's this telepathic link between the two of them. But the fact of the matter is, is that they haven't spent enough time on the field together. They don't look in sync. And that was apparent in a lot of like, you know, dummies that Lukaku wanted to play and you know, stuff of that nature where they tried to combine and the combination wasn't there. I don't know how much of that was, you know, Conte's sort of, you know, uh, almost approaching it like um, a set piece mentality. Oh, yeah. There we go. Perfect. Did you lose me? Yeah, we did. Okay. Um, I was just talking about Lula needs, needs more time. Um, and then we ended up getting into uh, a pretty scrappy game, which eventually opened up a lot. Um, some of the things that I wanted to to touch on, Lukaku, uh, Lautaro looks tired. Does he not? Like he he looks a little bit um, worn down. And I don't know if it's just the amount of matches that he's had to play, given that Correa is again useless and and injured, um, and he's been the only real option that we could go to. But he looks like he needed a rest badly tonight. And it would have been nice for him to have an early goal and then hauled off at halftime or in the 60th minute. But what did you think of, you know, Lautaro's overall game? Yeah, I didn't, I didn't think he was tired personally. Um, I feel like he had good bursts of speed. He was, you know, wanting to move between the channels, finding space, dropping back to receive the ball and push it forward. And I guess allowing Lautaro, to, I mean, Lukaku to stay up front a little further ahead. Um, we know Lukaku is a bit out of shape, and he doesn't really have the pace that he once had, you know, when um, when Conte was here. So, I didn't, yeah, I didn't really get that vibe from him. Um, I did sense a little bit of frustration with his lack of ability to finish. Maybe you know, I don't really think that it, it's crazy. You know, sometimes he has world class touch and world class finishing, and, he, and he'll score with the outside of his boot. He'll put it in, you know. Uh, off the volley, a one-time cross in, and he'll score. Like it, you know, it was a little, a little upsetting too that because of Lukaku's laziness there in the second half, you know, we were deprived of an early goal to take the lead uh, with the offsides there, because um, that was a great cross in from Darmian, and and the power and the precision that Lautaro was able to get on that header, I was like, perfect, okay. And then of course, you know, the ruling. So, yeah, <clears throat> I mean. Yeah, that could have been good too. Because yeah, if he if if we take an early one goal lead there, I mean, again, we don't know what would have happened. We don't know if Simplice would have would have rushed Maldini on then, and then who knows what would have happened. But 
Um, that would have been good for the team, and I think it would have been like a big sigh of relief. It would have been a weight lifted off the team's shoulders and allowed them maybe to continue on to, to score a quick second goal. We don't know. I mean, yep. that, that tends to happen for us, though, where if we can score quick and a half, it kind of boosts morale, boosts momentum, and then we're able to get, grab another quick one, especially against these weaker sides, whether it's home or away. If we can get that, it's good for us. But Yeah, so it was very on brand that um, that ends up being ruled out offside. Um, and then 55th minute, uh, there is a, a breakaway um, and finished by Danielle Maldini. Um I, I don't know that you kill Andanovich on that one. I mean, he does. It takes him forever to get down to a ball, like forever. You know, he's he is. Old I mean, I do personally. Old. Like, I I feel like uh, Onana gets down quicker, and I think he yeah. makes that save. And that's that, yeah. that's my frustration with Andanovich. I, I I don't I don't get why he plays these games. These are must win games. A goalie doesn't need rest. A goalie doesn't need to be saved for a Champions League match. You don't see Real Madrid doing that with Courtois. You don't see PSG. Even when Donnarumma is playing poorly, they continue to play him. Um, and whenever there has been, like you said, moments where a goalkeeper is is you know it's splitting time, whether it's you know Navas with Courtois, Navas with Casillas. Um, I mean. T- they tried to do a Donnarumma in his first year at PSG. Yeah, first year there. I mean, it just, you know, even when Mendy showed up to Chelsea, they were trying to split time between him and Keppa. And then once they realized Keppa wasn't good enough, he finally got it. But then he started playing poorly and they went back to Keppa. Like, yeah. it, it's, you, you can't have that. You can't have that. No. And we've seen how Onana has stolen games for us. We've seen how Onana has played for us. Why does he... Like, honestly, if I'm sitting at the bench and I'm him, I'm laughing. I'm laughing at that because it's like, okay, this is what you wanted. This is what you get. You wanted to play this guy for what? For, so he could wear his captain's armband and feel special for a little bit? Every yeah, game he's that's been what on... It is. Every game Onana uh, has been on, he's been a liability. He has not come up with a key save and a key moment for this club. And I feel like it's a disservice to Andre Onana. And we brought him in for a reason. We, we know what we were missing last season. We know what cost us in games last season. And again, I'm not just going to blame Radu. Andanovich wasn't good enough. And now we have a goalkeeper who is literally saving games from us. Able to One make the, the basic saves. Europe. I mean, he's in the top, top 10 in, in, in clean sheets, which I don't really think that's a good barometer to go off of, but we've seen in his ball-playing ball distribution and the way he's able to... When he, one thing that I love about him was when a shot is at him, it's not a rebound. He's able to secure it, and he has safe hands. It, do, I, do I feel the safest when balls are crossed in and he has to go up in the air and, and make a save? Then I'm a little bit more shaky because I feel like he does a poor job of reading those, those balls in the air. But what goalkeeper is truly perfect? Maybe Mike Magnan. Uh, I'll be honest. I, I feel like he's on a whole different level. But yeah. other than him, I really don't think that there's any goalkeeper in the world who is, is totally complete. You know, Courtois, not great with the ball at his feet. Um, Allison, not really the best at, at distributing. Ederson, not really the best at shot stopping himself. Like, Onana's up there. So why, yeah. is, he, why is he being benched? It makes think- no sense. The point of, of that is these are must-win games. And in must-win games, you don't, 
go to players who are clearly not up to par any longer. And it does go back on Inzaghi's, um, you know, attitude as being sort of a, you know, player driven coach where he's trying, you know, it is comes down to simply trying to appease people. And, and Donovich should know at this point that he's finished. Like, it, you know, if he's pressuring to get some game time, you know, then that's that's not good for the club either. Um, that's not what the captain should do. Um, so we'll get into some more poor decisions from Inzaghi right now. So a lot of criticism has come on to Inzaghi for his rigidity in terms of the formation that Inter plays. It's a 3-5-2. He says that it's because of the personnel that he has available to him. Um, so be it. In the 60th minute, we sub on Hakan, uh, Denzel, Di Marco, and Dzeko, leading our formation to become a 3-4-3 with uh, Hakan and Brozovic in the middle and Dzeko, Lautaro, and Lukaku up top, who I'm sure don't get a lot of time in training uh, to do that. You never play with a different formation during the season, so I know that they haven't gotten any game time to do that. And now in a must-win game, you're playing a formation that you're unfamiliar with. It's not like we didn't create chances, but that was, you know, just throwing shit at a wall and hoping that it's going to stick. Um, and to be fair, you know, there were chances that we should have put away, but for someone who has come under criticism for not having different formations, that would be, you know, an opportunity where you would hope to throw a different look at them at Spezia, um, with players who are familiar with what you're trying to do, as opposed to, let me just throw on an extra forward, because that's what it felt like. And Barella, who was having the best game of our midfielders, comes out because it wouldn't be suitable for him to be in there, you know, for the um, the two midfielders as a double pivot. Uh, we mentioned Dumfries coming on. And I'll let you just go into you know, what you saw from him today because he was involved in uh, two uh, two goals that that decided the match. Yeah, I don't really want to talk too much about him. Um, you know, to be honest, like, I feel like it's it's, it's just a never-ending story with him. So uh, I'll say congrats on getting kicked in the chest and getting a penalty for us, and then thank you so much for giving up a stupid penalty for them. Um, yeah. I thought the penalty for us was softer, um, given that he was already falling down when the ball was, when he got kicked in the chest, as opposed to him completely clattering into, uh, was it Antonenko or uh, Kovalenko, sorry. It was, um, yeah, Koval. Kovalenko, um, and him going down for the penalty. Uh, you know, in terms of the rest of the game, like, there's not a ton to talk about. There were chances, but it was, you know. It, yeah, it I mean, it's not really. Uh, he, it, it, we know what he is. Uh, we went in depth about what he brings and doesn't bring. So, I, uh, I look forward to the summer. I'll just say that regarding yeah. Denzel Dumfries. Okay. So let's get into um, let's get into where we go from here, because I think that this is this is what. Do you have anything else about the match you wanted to? Yeah, I mean, no, I mean, one, one, like a couple other things. Like, I'm glad we got to see Carboni come on for ten minutes. You know, I, I, I feel like he was a little shy in the moment. I think he knew the the 
the gravity of it, the situation. And I think when he did start pushing the ball forward, he kind of felt like I should just get rid of it. So I'm not the one that makes a mistake and gets blamed for something. Um, and I feel like that's a shame. Um, you know, uh, it is what it is. You know, I feel like these young kids aren't given the the opportunities in key moments and, and they're not instilled with the confidence because when you have a manager who doesn't really have much of a spine, it, it makes it a little bit difficult to to want to go out and, and grab the moment by the by the throat there. Um, a, a couple of things that upset me is, so with this game against Spezia, this is Spezia's first win in eight matches. And then for Empoli, defeating us was their first win in seven matches at that time. So Inzaghi is really good at making it interesting for the bottom half of the table keeping that race interesting since the top half really is completely over like Napoli's already won the title we have no interest in clearly making a push for it or making any type of effort because even when Napoli does drop points we decide hey let's drop points for them too we don't want to you know narrow that gap so um I just found though that statistic very interesting um when it was shared and I believe it was Patrick Krenjic who said it after the match when I caught that. So, yeah, that's um, <laughs> hearing that was very upsetting. And, and, and even seeing, you know, I don't know why we, you know, we know how good of a crosser Bastoni is, how good of a crosser De Marco is. Why was I constantly seeing a Cherby being allowed to push up on the left side and cross balls in? He is not a person that I want having the ball on his foot trying to get a ball into the box so that we can equalize at any point. So that was frustrating to see why you're not yelling at your, your player to, to drop back in your natural position. Um, and, you know, like, like eight losses on the season. We, we have no business competing for the Scudetto. This is the most losses we've had since 2015. I don't like to pick on Inzaghi. I do think he has some good qualities, but I just feel like he's not the manager for this club to go forward, and he's not the manager to win league titles. Yeah, so I agree. Um, I am, I've come to this conclusion as well, um, and I really held on for as long as possible because I, you know, I, we've seen so much good. Um, we've had some great games there, you know, we've obviously won titles while he's here, not Scudetto, but we've won titles while he's here. And unless he can win the champions league, I don't want to move forward with him as the coach. I think we need a new voice in the room. Um, I don't, he can't turn around what's happened to this these players in these games. He's shown that he can't turn it around because he's had opportunities to do it. Look at the teams that we've lost to. Empoli, Bologna, Spezia. He has had crack after crack of, okay, you know, it it was a one-time thing. We didn't play well. You know, we're going away from home against a small team. We'll show you what we look like. And he isn't able to do it. You know, he's shown that this is he's not the guy to move forward with. He's a great, you know, cup manager. Um, but we do need something different. Um, I think it's it's it was a bit a wild swing to go from the personality of Conte to Inzaghi, but it made sense because of the um because of the the symmetry between the formations that they played. 
but we've given it the two years. I, I you know, I'm happy with the the titles that the cups that we have picked up. Um, obviously, going to support this team until the end, but I. I want a new manager in next season. I think we have to. Um, I think we need a manager that is not beholden to three five two. That can play some different things. I think we need a manager with a different personality. Um, I don't mind having a player coach like you know. I know we're linked with Thiago Mota. I don't know necessarily that that's the road that I want to go down, but I wouldn't be opposed to having another player turned manager. But I, you know, it would need to be more in the mold of the way that Conte um, handled his team in terms of being more of a, a sergeant. There needs to be a really respected voice in the room. And like you said, like I don't want to kill Inzaghi. I do think he has a future as a manager. But for what this team needs now, uh, I think we need a different voice. And frankly, that is, is a problem if we are going to continue in this situation that we're in where we have to sell before we buy. I don't know what kind of quality managers are, are going to be in, in, wanting those that kind of job. Um, we're sort of hanging on our nostalgia being what brings us through in terms of being able to get a big name or, you know, maybe not even a big name, but uh, a quality name. Um, But it's time to move on. And I have this sick feeling in the pit of my stomach that he may not see it out to the end of the season. There are more of these games, you know, as long as we're in the Champions League, I don't think a, a, a change is made. But if, God forbid, we were to get bounced out of the Champions League, uh, first of all, I think if we get bounced out of the Champions League this week, there, uh, you know, surprisingly, I believe that there might be a change. Um, if we continue in the Champions League and, you know, later on in the competition, we're out of it, and then we see more of these games against the lower table teams, we have a lot of those games coming up. I can see Inzaghi getting sacked. Um and a, a new manager coming in before the end of the season. What are your thoughts there? Yeah, no, I completely agree. Um, I, I I've thought I was thinking it when I was driving back home. Now um, that if we lose to Porto and get kicked sent home after my battles with Chelsea fans last night, who were claiming they wanted us. You should be fired. You got a 1-0 lead heading to Porto. They're missing Otavio. There's no reason to not beat them. You ha- what is my your, opinion- your level of concern with this match? Because mine is at like a 98%. I'm really concerned with us having to go away from home in this uh, mental state that we're in of just poor fucking form. Poor form. Like... I have legitimate concerns, and I really, really do not want to be the Italian side that didn't get through their their group game. Their uh, sorry, their round of sixteen game game, especially with Milan having qualified for the quarters for the first time in eleven years. It's there's a lot of pressure on Ita right now, um, and I I I am feeling concerned. That's a tough game. Porto away from home is a tough game. Yeah, Porto is definitely a tough match. You know, um, Sergio Constanzao and, and Porto were able to easily win their game today, you know, which I think was was huge for for Porto. Um, 
I think because they were able to win, I shouldn't say easily, but they took it a big enough lead where they, I think, were able to get, you know, rest in there. Um, you know, they went up 2-0 pretty quickly, and I think that they kind of took their foot off the gas because they were trying to save up energy for their matchup. Um, was it 2-0 or was it 1-1? Uh, it might have been 2-1, sorry. But I think it was 1-1 and then 2 Anyway, I was kind of looking at the, the score for that game as I was watching the Inter game and... I think that they were also looking a little ahead to the, the matchup with Inter, but I think that, you know, they, they, they have the, the home advantage. I think that they, have, they feel that there's no pressure on them, that the pressure is on, on Inter. And, you know, they were, they were able to, um, to kind of coast a little bit. You know, once they took that 2-1 lead, I think, I think actually Estoril was able to make a 2-2. And then... Uh, Taremi got the penalty though to to win it for them, so and after that it was pretty much smooth sailing. So yeah, I think there's a little bit of pressure for us for sure going into this matchup. Uh, I don't know what my level of concern really is. Um, I think I'm almost just yeah, know, you seem jaded by you it. Seem like I'm jaded by it, which is yeah. understandable given that. You know, these performances have been really... We've done um, four games now, right? Three or four? Yeah, four games. You know, four games, and yeah. We've seen two wins, two losses. Um, and these performances just have not been good. Like, it's just not... No, it hasn't been good. You know, and everyone says, like, oh, we want to see pretty football. At this point, you know, like, I was very anti-Alegri. Um, very anti the... Defensive terrorist style football. I, I, I that's never been something I want. But you know what? I just want wins. I don't care how they come. I want to win. Yeah. It could be the yep. ugliest win, one nil. It could be beautiful, five nil. I don't care. I three points is three points. I don't care about goal differential. I really don't. We could win thirty eight games and only score thirty eight goals, and I'm happy with that. I don't need a 25, 30 goal score. I need, I need points. That's, that's what's important to me. And, you know, I don't know if you want to get into this now on what we think should happen if, if Inzaghi's gone. I, I, I've got some crazy ideas, and, and I'm sure a lot of people are going to think, oh, my gosh, this guy's insane. But, I, I, yeah, I've got, I've got some ideas, and I, I think that there's some drastic changes you know, again, like we said before, I don't want it to be all negative. I don't want it to be like we're beating up on Inzaghi. There is yeah. clear flaws yeah. in this squad. Uh, that, that, that's not lost on me. Um, and that's why I think that there's some things that need to be done. And I think changing manager and cleaning house might be the way to go. You say clean house, do you refer to the directors or are you referring to the team? I'm, I'm referring to the team. There's, like, honestly, like, I wrote down, there's only four names that I would keep, and I'm not even kidding. I know that's, like, a massive, ridiculous amount of change, but I think you need a squad revolution, and I think that's good if you're looking to change managers. Yeah. You need to move out all the players that kind of fit that system. That way you could spend... Um, and with that, I mean, there's some hard decisions. And I know no one's going to agree with me, and I'm sure I'm going to get a lot of slack and hate on Twitter after this episode airs, and, and a lot of people who are going to disagree. Who cares, let's, let's get into but, it. Who do you think? But, who, dude, who are the, the only, four? The four that I would keep, Bastoni, and that's if he renews. If he doesn't renew, you sell him then. 
Barella, Aslani, because of his age, and I feel like he could, you know, step up, and Onana. Everybody else, I would, I would, I would clean, clean out. Pack your stuff. Like, I love Lautaro. This isn't hate me hating Lautaro or thinking he shouldn't be here. Me, it's me thinking he's going to bring you the most return uh, on the transfer market. That's the only reason I would sell him. And if you're looking to make an entirely new squad, again, this is, I know it's not going to happen. I know I'm being ridiculous. But if you're looking to bring in a new manager and, and make an, an or you bring, you, you bring in the manager, let's say it's Sergio Contensao or Diego Simeone or somebody of that elk, you bring the, that kind of guy in. And you say, hey, who are the players that you want to keep? And, 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 if, and if there isn't anybody or you, know, you only want this guy, that guy, these three, whatever, then you, sell, you let him decide who you sell. But then you, as the directors, you don't let the, the manager have a say in who comes in. You can, you can find out the type of player that he wants, but you don't let him pick because we've seen in the past whether it and, – and this is no shot on Mourinho, but we've seen with Inzaghi, of course. We've seen with Conte. The, like, Mourinho wanted Mancini, Quaresma. Muntari, all three of them flopped. Conte yep. wanted Vidal, uh, Kolarov, and I mean, well, Lukaku, okay, worked out. But the other two flopped. Um, Inzaghi wanted Korea, a massive flop. So you can't let them decide who they want, but you let them have a say in the players that come in. But I'd send Handanovic packing. Uh, D'Ambrosio I wouldn't extend Belanova we don't pick up the, the, the deal DeVry can walk Dumfries you know how I feel Brozovic I would sell just because of his age and you can kind of see he's already on the way out I, I mean we've kind of heard the rumblings that there's rumors that he doesn't get along with whomever and that he wants out okay goodbye thank you Gozins it's just not working as much as I like him as a player and a person like I feel that like, I feel like he's a good presence I, I just think his, his style doesn't fit uh, it worked with with Atalanta it just doesn't seem to be working here Mikitarian, you can go. Korea, whatever we can get. Jekyll, I wouldn't renew. Lautaro can go back. I mean, Lukaku can go back, and Lautaro would bring you the most money. Yeah. I don't think that we're going to find a player who can replicate what Lautaro brings, especially for that kind of money. But I just feel like you need to start fresh. And you know what's funny is Julian Alvarez wants out of Man City. Yeah, I, if, I thought that was interesting. If you could sell Lautaro, that's the perfect player I would bring in. And then I would, you know, try to maybe find somebody else who's young that, that maybe, you know, could be potential. Retegi, who just claimed to or decided to join the Italian national team, who's a young yep. striker from Tigres. We have Facundo Colidio on loan there. I would work something out where they can keep him and we get him and maybe he stays there on loan another year or we whatever it is. There is there are players out there. There's a lot that could be done. If you switch back to a four, like maybe like a four two three one or a four four two or whatever. I mean, maybe not a four four two. I'm not crazy about that. I feel like it's a little antiquated. But if you bring in a manager who plays that type of with a back four, there are players out there. That also makes I mean, I don't it makes it interesting with Scalvini, but if you have a Bastoni Scalvini duo I mean, that could potentially be the, the... That's how Italy's playing with a back four. That could potentially be the back four for, at the next World Cup, which is exciting, in my opinion, if you have them already building that type of relationship with Inter, if it was even possible. Um, you know, there's so many things that can, that can be done and changes that can be made, but I feel like with the way that we're going and the lack of results that we're producing, you know, to have 16 wins, two draws, and eight losses, that's painful in a lot of ways and I don't want to again like just keep sounding negative because it's I, 
I joke around a lot, and I feel like, yes, it comes off as negative, but typically I'm joking, and I don't want it to be like, oh, man, like Johnny's always upset or always angry with this club. Like, yeah. that's not yeah. how I, I truly feel. I love this club more than any, more than any club, any team that I support in any, any – anything. <laughs> and, I mean – I want them to succeed and get back to what I remember growing up watching. Even when they were not winning titles, they were still truly competitive. Like, I mean, I didn't love the way we lost, you know, the, the championship on the last day in that game against Lazio. That, that stings. But when I got to see five wins in a row, that's where I want to get back to. Maybe not five in a row, but like two, three in a row, you know, and, and competing in the Copa and competing in the Champions League and being able to be competitive on all fronts. But I don't think that with Inzaghi, you don't have the manager who's able to do that. He's great in yeah. cup games. I've said that. I think he knows how to play, prepare for one-off games better than, than most managers in Europe, I would say. But, you know, maybe not like the guys like Ancelotti and, and who have done this year after year with, with, with Real Madrid. Um, or even Zidane is really good, apparently, in the, clearly in the cup since he won three in a row. But in, a, in the course of a 38-game season... He can't prioritize one or the other, and he can't seem to, to focus on the league at all or really get you amped up and excited for the league, whereas Conte, that's all he apparently can focus on, and he can't really compete in Europe. Yep. Yep. Um, but, like, I want to be competitive in the league and not allow, you know, it's... I know how important it is to be competitive in Europe financially, but I want that second star. I think that's also huge for, for the brand. I think it's huge... For bragging rights in the city of Milano, I think it's huge for 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 Serie A in in, in some aspects. And yeah. when when we're competing, and, and I don't just mean Inter, but when Inter, Milan, Juve are competing at the top of the league, and and again, I'm not. It's not any disrespect to Napoli, but the, these are the three biggest teams in in Serie A. Whether you want to admit it or not, they are. And although Napoli's having the best season and they're they're playing fantastic football. They're just not there yet. This was only going to be what their fifth, if maybe fourth, you know, league title ever if they win this one, um, which it looks more and more likely that they will. Like you're, you're just not, you're not up there yet. You will, you will be there. I think. I think that there, there's signs of obviously going in the right direction. I'm, I'm not trying to backhand compliment them, but when 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 those teams are clicking and they're able to be competitive, it's great for all of of world football and. Yeah. When Napoli, I mean, when, I'm sorry, when Juve's in the, the Europa League, Milan are squeaking by Tottenham, which, I mean, I, I, I shouldn't even say squeaking by. That was a fantastic performance, that second leg. Even though it was nil-nil, they easily could have won 3-4-0 had they had finishers. And I'm sure that'll probably, if we had finishers, we might be able to beat some teams 3-4-0. Um, but it's just, I, I want to get back to what I remember seeing with Inter, just being able to dominate the league, being able to get to quarterfinals, semifinals of the Champions League. And even though you would lose to, to a Milan or a Villarreal or whatever, at least you were getting there. And you were still yeah. winning the league titles. Whereas now, it feels like we're not going to get, you know, like, we as fans are saying we we're going to be happy if we can somehow get to the semis because of the money it would bring in. <laughs> Whereas, and, and not even winning the league title and just getting absolutely smoked, like, yeah, it's it's just frustrating in a lot of aspects, and I, I want this team to be great again. Like I, I know we jokingly made make Inter great again, great again in the for the the Twitter space. Yeah, <clears throat> like I think we I think everyone deep down wants that. We just all have different ideas of how that could be accomplished or how we would get there. Um, you know, Nima yeah. truly believes in Inzaghi. I don't. Um, you know, some some guys really like. Dumfries, I don't, um, you know, uh, yeah. 
I want youth. Some people want proven players that already can come in and be successful. There's just there's there's so many different ways to go about it, and everyone's going to have their own opinion. I'm not saying I'm right or that I know better than anyone else. These are just the things that I think should be done, the route that we should go. Um, and again, we'll see what happens in the summer. I think a lot, like you said, will depend on what happens in the next Champions League game. Um, because if we lose, I think it, I think that that might be the end for Inzaghi, and, and I think it's the right choice to to I move agree. on because. Yeah, I don't. I just don't. If you can't, if you can't even handle that when you have a lead, that's that's very telling. And I don't think it's just mentality on the players. I think that also starts at the top with the with the manager. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think you said a lot of what a lot of Inter fans are feeling right now. You know, in terms of just squad overhaul for next year, um, we'll have to dedicate a pod to that because. You know, it's a big conversation in terms of who we want at manager. We'd have to dedicate a pod to that because I think we that's do a that big in the co- international break when the, when that comes up. I think that might be yeah. a good uh, a good topic. Yeah, I agree. And um, you know, just keeping in theme with sort of this being the Spezia post game, the main um, the main thing coming out of this game, I think we realize that real change needs to needs to come. I think ever since, you know, ownership changed hands from Moratti, you know, a lot of the things that you're talking about, the club lost its identity um, and it fell into, you know, these these what we saw with Conte early on and early on in the, the Sooning era, like things changed, whether it was um, Sooning's fault or not, you know, with COVID and the pandemic. And I, I just think that the reality of the situation is we are at the end of the Sooning project. It's it's dead. It's done and dusted. And we do need to refresh like it's just clear that we can't tr- keep doing this summer after summer of, you know, selling our best players and, you know, trying to bring in replacements, going bar- bargain hunting on the free agent market. It's just like the club feels like it's in this really not solid place. And there are a lot of clubs throughout Europe that are experiencing this. It's not just us, but we've lost a lot of our identity and things are going to change in the summer. Um, you know, I think we both feel that Inzaghi's time is done, um, and we'll talk about you know who we want options moving forward. But you know, <clears throat> listeners, if you guys are getting the sense that we're deflated, it's because we are. Because eight losses in the league is not good. Um, you know, I, I think I saw there was a tweet that Bastoni misplaced like twenty two out of seventy seven passes, and that he's regressed so much. I think you've seen regression from a lot of players on the field. It's just, this has been a very, there's been great wins over big teams, but this season is, it's been so hard to be up and feel good about it because those wins are surrounded by ugly, ugly losses, ugly draws, ugly performances. And the club is just in flux right now and and things need to change. We always, you know, see in the Italian media, you know, crisis talks at Inter, you know, I don't want to call it a crisis where we need to figure out how we're moving forward from here. Um, we can have a whole pod discussing that, but just, you know, keeping a theme with it being Spezia game. We lost today. We have a big Champions League match coming up on Tuesday. We need to win that game um, or else I have a bad feeling that the season is going to spiral. Um, I have a bad feeling that um, 
if that if we start approaching that territory that some players that we don't want to leave are going to feel like they should leave. Um, you know, and as much as we want to say, like, the season's kind of lost at this point from the Scudetto's perspective, all of these games are important for the future of your club, for how the media is going to talk about you, for how the fans are going to feel about the club, for how the players internally are going to feel about the club. Like, every game is important. Whether Inzaghi realizes that or not, every single one of these games is important. And I am, you know, I think that our season is on the line. Our future is on the line, not to make this become like this big thing. But if you look at it logistically, this game against Porto is like everything right now. Um, Because I I don't, we don't want to continue to come on here and not feel great about our team. Uh, you know, I wish we had recorded some episodes earlier in the season against, you know, some of the, in some of those big games, it, it would have been a lot more fun, but this is not fun. Um, and we know it and everyone knows it. The club knows it, you know, so don't want to say that the, the sky is falling, but things desperately, we are in desperate need of some good, good feelings around this club and a win on Tuesday doesn't cover everything, but it, it, It'll go a long way to um, to making us feel better. You know, let's just continue to, to fight on all fronts that we can. Let's win Coppa Italia. Let's go far in the Champions League, you know. Let's secure top four, and then let's figure things out from there. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's that's really what it, what it comes down to. It's just being able to uh, just get back to what we know and love, right? Like, I mean... To me, I mean, I know it, it was years ago, but it feels like only yesterday we were winning 17 games in a row. And I think that was like in 2007 or something, you know, that we, we did that. Like, and, and you look at those teams and the players we had, I don't think it's that much better than what we currently have. So that's what's, what's frustrating as, as a fan of this team um, to, to just see the, the decline so fast. I don't know. It's um, yeah. It's just frustrating, and, and I'm sure, like you said, everyone feels it. And it's not it's not great to come on here and want to to talk about it. I feel like it's a little redundant coming on and, and sounding, you know, just melancholy all the time. Like I don't, I want to get back to being able to celebrate a win and celebrate a, a player's key performance or a big goal that was scored by a specific player, and and being able to highlight the good and not just focus. Focus on the negative. Like even, you know, yep. and I'll, I'll, t- I'll take the blame. Like even when we did win against Lecce, I, I was still a little negative because of my personal feelings towards Dumfries. Yep. But, you know, it's... But these are things just, that we need to talk about, you know. Regardless, they are yeah, talking yeah. points I mean, that look, we need to discuss. Yeah, it is stuff that, that, that does come up and it can't just be, you know, swept under the rug. So, yeah, it is, and it is what it is. There's too much to be sweeping under the rug right now. Um, so, yeah. Uh, you know, we at the end of the day, we are fans. Like, both of us have Inter in multiple generations of our family. You know, it's, it's a big part of every single day. You know, whether it's on Twitter, you know, get, get, talking about the new news, whether it's weekend games, weekday games, whether it's the entire summer of you know, who are we getting? Who are we selling? It's like this club is a big part of our lives. So 
it's hard to not it's hard to not ride the wave a little bit. Um, you know, we try to analyze as best as we can, but it's, it's shit sucks right now. Like we can just say that shit sucks right now. So, um, you know, definitely want to hear your, your guys' thoughts. Um, and, uh, do you want to do a quick bidone? Cause we definitely don't have a man of the match. I guess I'll just go with, uh, Andanovich. No okay. saves. Uh, that's, yeah, not good. I'm going to go with, um, I'm going to go with Lautaro for, you know, a lot of the discussion around we need to do better as a team and then today being very unclinical um, when he had opportunities to score. Um, so I'll go with Lautaro. Any other things you want to get into before we wrap up here? No, I mean, I think, yeah, I think we pretty much covered everything. You know, hopefully uh, looking forward to the, obviously the match with with Porto and hopefully we could have some good good vibes coming after that one. Um, and then we also have a special episode coming up with a couple of members of the All Juve cast to preview the Inter Juve game, which I'm very much looking forward to because we'll be having uh, Daniel Lucci come on and I love... Uh, chatting with him so it'll be fun yeah. for sure look we win these next two it washes a, a lot of a lot of bad tastes out of our mouth if we can get this done so let's we win, let's, the, we win these next two and i will no nah, i can't even think of something let's win these next two so that you know we don't have uh, any more of these pods, you know. Let's get our record up a little bit better. Um, but thank you guys for taking the time to uh, to listen to us bitch and moan. Um, this was a tough game, um, but as always, in the words of the great Roberto Scarpini, "Forza ragazzi, forza ragazzi, forza ragazzi."